Open your Bibles tonight to the book of Ephesians. And uh, we're, we're talking about praying in the new year. And we're discussing this first Ephesians prayer over in Ephesians chapter uh, 1. And uh, we'll begin in verse 17 and verse 2 through 23. So I'm asking you to personalize this prayer with me as we pray it together as our text. So let's go to Ephesians, the first chapter, and we'll look at verse 17. Ephesians 1, 17. Let's pray. I pray that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, for we believe." According to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and out. Let's lift our hands and thank him that it's happening in our lives. It's happening in my spirit. Hallelujah. I'm seeing things I've never seen before. Hallelujah. I have a willing heart, a willing heart. A willing heart. A willing heart is a must to have a hearing ear. A willing heart is a must. It's a prerequisite not only for a hearing ear, but all for a seeing eye. Amen? And so this is a prayer that we can pray perpetually or that we can pray continuously. You know, even if you don't pray in the Spirit, what you can do is you can go over to the epistles and you can pray the Pauline epistles. Amen? You can pray these prayers. And I dare say, if you have not yet been filled with the Spirit, with the Bible and speaking in other tongues, it won't be very long before you are. Amen? And so, open your heart to what God has for you. How many of you know there's a whole lot more to do before we check out of here? Amen. There's more people to reach and there's more nations to touch. Amen. There's hallelujah. I'm excited about the future. I was really excited about uh, Sunday night. What a great time we had with the guys. Man, we had a good group there Sunday night. And then the gals, the ladies were in here and Brenda did a great message. Amen. How many of you were able to be here Sunday night? Praise the Lord. Well, where were the rest of you? No, I'm just kidding. It's really, really, really good. Just some life-changing messages. We're going to do some more of those types of things uh, down the road as we continue to do our impartation services. It's really, really important that we gather together on these special services and say, you know what, I'm in. I want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so we see that Paul prayed for three things. Number one, that they would know the hope of their calling. Amen? 
Number two, that they would know their inheritance, their inheritance. And number three, that they would get an understanding, a revelation, illumination, if you will, of this great resurrection power. So what we're doing is we're unpacking a little bit about our inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen? And there's something about an inheritance. For example, to have one, someone has to leave you something. And then there has to be specified that they're leaving it to you. And, of course, someone's going to have to die. And then word's going to have to get to the person. And then the person's got to get up and go get it. And so if a person then does not know what their inheritance is in the natural realm, they'll never rise up and go after it. And the same thing is true spiritually. Jesus not only died, but he rose from the dead. Amen? And he is our covenant brother, and he has given you an inheritance, not only in heaven, but he's given us an inheritance here on earth. Amen? And one of the things we looked at last uh, time we were together is the fact that we are heirs of God and that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And then we looked at Ephesians, the second chapter, and verse 6 and verse 7. And we got pretty happy about this verse, so I'm, I'm ready to get happy again. How about you? In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse uh, 6 and 7, of course, verse 6 says, that he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's a joint seating, by the way. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, think about it, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Woo, glory to God. God is good. God is good all the time and forever. And surely goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life. That's a part of your inheritance. Goodness and mercy are a following me, following my family. Amen. Not doom and not destruction. Not blue Mondays and terrible Tuesdays and weary Wednesdays. Tough Thursdays, freaky Fridays. No, no, no. Thank God. This is the day the Lord has made. Surely goodness and mercy. That's what's a following me. And you too. And I love the Amplified in verse 7. It says, He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages... He's putting on a demonstration through the ages to come. The immeasurable, the limitless, the surpassing riches of His free grace, His unmerited favor in His kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. Say this with me. My inheritance, it's immeasurable. It is limitless. And it is surpassing. Gloria Copeland said this on one of her television broadcasts. She says, at, at the moment I was born again, I was born again into the richest family i ever known. She said, I was born into the royal family that owns and operates the universe. I received it as an inheritance so vast that it will take me all of eternity to fully comprehend it. And then she said, receive your inheritance. Amen. Receive your inheritance. So let's look over at Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 12 and verse 13. Colossians 1. Father, thank you tonight for the word. Thank you for these precious folks, these hungry people 
who honor you, Lord, by coming to church on a Valentine's night evening and on a cold evening. These folks love you. And so we thank you, Lord, that you speak to them as with open hearts they receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save their souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Now notice in verse 12 of Colossians chapter 1, giving thanks, is that a good thing to do? I mean, at the top of the day, it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. I mean, when your eyes open up, just give thanks to the Lord. Amen? You know, a lot of times I'll wake up about 6 a.m. and I'll sneak downstairs and go make some coffee. And it was a little cold, a little cold the other morning. I put my robe on and I said, you know what? I'm just going to praise God while my coffee's making I started running around the living room and kind of running around the kitchen, giving God praise and thanking Him for the top of a new day. Amen? Amen. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And everything doesn't have to be going good. Uh, Amen. For you to praise God, you can praise Him. You can think of something to praise Him every day. Amen. I started dancing a little bit. I don't know how Smith dance for 10 minutes every morning man he had to be in some pretty good shape but you know it won't hurt you to just do you know brother Hagen used to run you know and have brush arbor spells when he was younger but when he got older he kind of scooted well I can do better than a scoot how about you we got something to be happy about we're saved we're not going to hell This is the most hell you'll ever know. Amen. You and I, we're on our way to heaven. And on our way, we might as well sing. We might as well shout. We might as well dance. We might as well be happy campers. Amen. So giving thanks, in verse 12, unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. As I said a couple of weeks ago, the word meet in the Greek means to enable It means to qualify. It means to equip. Now, I like what the New Living Translation says here in verse 12, talking about this inheritance. The New Living Translation says, Always thanking the Father, for He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people, His people who live in the light. That's good news. And so this inheritance then is received or it is accessed with our faith. Faith plugs you in to the grace of God. You know, when you think about the grace of God, the grace of God is manifold. There's saving grace. There's healing grace. There's promotion grace. There's standing grace. There's serving grace. I mean, if you look at the Word of God and study the subject of grace, you will see that there's grace upon grace upon grace just layered up for you and I. Amen? So this grace, then, is a part of our inheritance. And if I'm going to activate His grace in my life, I'm going to plug into it with my faith every day. Amen? Say it with me. Your grace, it is sufficient for me. Woo, hallelujah. So it's not earned by your works, right? It is received by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Now go back to Colossians chapter 1 and notice with me in verse 13. This is a great verse of Scripture. 
Deliverance belongs to the children of God. Has anybody in here ever been delivered from something? Amen. Deliverance is ongoing, isn't it? He has delivered us, He is delivering us, and He will yet still deliver us. I think one of the greatest things that He's delivering us from daily, us daily, He's delivering you and I from the evils that are in this present world. How many of you know that there's a lot of evil in this world? But I just dropped by to tell you tonight, you are not of the world, you're of the kingdom of God. We're living in the world, but we are not of the world, and you and I have been delivered from the evils of this world. You know what that means? You're delivered from pollutions. You're delivered from polluted talk on the job. Well, I I can't seem to get away from the talk. Just in your spirit, just build a wall. And switch gears and just start talking to the Lord in your own heart. Amen? So who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son? So I'm looking at a group of kingdom people tonight. Am I right? I am looking at a group, a congregation of kingdom people. People that have been transferred, delivered from one kingdom to another. Now that word translated in the Greek means to transfer, to carry away, or to remove from one place to another. I'm so glad I'm not in the same place I was in 1972. Amen? How many of you ever moved from one house to another house and you look back at that house and you said, man, I'm glad I'm not living in that house anymore. I'm in a better house. Hallelujah. And so you look back at the things that you were part of. Oh, thank God we're not in that land no more. Whoo, glory to God. Mm. Saved. We're saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) You can just laugh at the devil. He thought he had you. He thought he had you. You were one of his best customers, some of you. He thought he had you. But you changed. Amen. You became a new creation. You became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. A new father, a new family, with new eyes, new ears. Hallelujah. To declare his goodness. Amen. So because now that we are in this kingdom and because we have this inheritance, there's some adjustments that we need to make. There is the renewal of the mind. We must then adjust our thoughts, our words, and our actions to the inheritance that we have as being in the kingdom of God. Amen. No more living in the dark. No more talking like we did when we were in the world. There's a new language God's got for us. It is the language of the redeemed. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. You ought to be declaring every day of your life, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. I'm redeemed from poverty. I'm redeemed from sickness. I'm redeemed from spiritual death. For poverty, I have wealth. For sickness, I have health. And for death, I have eternal life. According to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 61, all sickness and all disease is a curse of the law. But thank God, according to Galatians 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
So if you have kidney problems, if you have liver problems, whatever the case may be, just don't accept it. Just say this, thank God I've been redeemed from kidney trouble. I've been redeemed from liver trouble. I've been redeemed from arthritis because Christ purchased my freedom. Redeeming me from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. So kingdom words, kingdom thoughts, and you will have to make that adjustment daily because there are so many distractions out there vying vying for your time, right? Vying for your attention. might be pain. It might be Wall Street. It might be someone on the job. See, we must learn the powers of concentration and set our mind on Him. That's what, if, if, if that's what Hebrews tells us to do. He says, looking away from everything that would distract unto Jesus. And you'll have to also understand the vulnerability points. And, yeah, thank you. So everyone can be vulnerable. And you'll have to understand there are times where the enemy will come in in those times, those triggers. One thing that I've had to really guard against is I've had to guard against fatigue. Fatigue, when I'm tired or when I've given out a lot. You know, you preach two, three times on a Sunday and you preach several weeks in a row, there is an infilling and a refilling that needs to take place. And so one of my vulnerability points, that was good, is on Monday morning after I've given out. And if I'm not disciplined, amen, to get in that word and to speak that word and to be praising God, the enemy will sometimes get a foothold. I'm just telling you, that is a vulnerability point for me. So being aware of that then means that I must keep the door closed on that and make sure that I am rested, amen, and that my mind doesn't, I don't allow myself to get busy up here trying to figure things out up here and not live up here but live down here. Amen? So everyone has those points of vulnerability. So you need to know what those ones are. Amen? And I've discovered this, that sometimes the best thing you can do is get about eight to nine hours of sleep. You know what I do sometimes? I've got Alexander Scorby on my computer. Alexander Scorby is a man from the U.K. that reads the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And so what I do sometimes, rather than sit there and try to concentrate on every verse, I'll just turn old Alexander on, and I'll just let my room fill up with the Word. Fill up with the Word. By the end of the day, I've got an English accent. <laughs> you can do this. See, whatever works for you, whatever refills your tank, whatever keeps you strong, do it. Amen? I was up at 6 o'clock this morning, and I was listening to Tasha Cobbs. Glory to God. I was listening to Sinatch, Waymaker. Amen? I was listening to some awesome music about the goodness of God. I didn't even need coffee this morning. Now, I drank it. But, oh, man, by the time I got up, I was built up. Look at your neighbor and say, stay built up, would you? So we must get our minds renewed to the reality of, and I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to say this. Sometimes you'll have to close the door on people that talk wrong to you. Are you listening to me? 
people that are full of doubt, people that are, have all sorts of issues. and Man, folks can drain the life right out of you. So you need to make sure that you protect your spirit diligently. So we must renew our minds to the reality of our inheritance and the kingdom of God and who we are in that kingdom. Now notice with me in verse 13 in the Amplified, and we'll wait till we can pull that up. Verse 13 in the Amplified version of Colossians chapter 1. I'm glad he's the way maker, aren't you? Woo, hallelujah. Say, I'm living out of my heart. I'm not living out of my head. Well, okay. Now let's read this together. Ready, read. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Now notice this phrase with me. He's drawn us to himself out of the control. We are Holy Spirit controlled, not demon controlled. Out of the control and the dominion of darkness. I love what Jesus said. Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We are men and women of the kingdom created in Christ Jesus to dominate and have dominion and not to be dominated by anything or anyone of darkness. Amen? We are children of the light. And so the kingdom of God is your inheritance. Look at Romans chapter 14. And let's talk about what belongs to us as a result of being in this kingdom. Romans the fourth chapter. And notice with me in the, in the 17th verse. Did I say something else? I said Romans 4. Okay. That would work too, but not right now. Romans 14 verse 17. Amen. Thank God for a good wife. She's feeling much better. Praise the Lord. I can tell because she gets ornery and sassy. In Romans 14, verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God, everyone say the kingdom of God, is not hamburgers, hot dogs, and Mexican food. Right? Even though we like Tamale Tuesdays around here. But it's not about that. This kingdom is not about meat and drink. But it is about righteousness and what else? Peace. Righteousness. Say it together. Righteousness and peace. And what else? So when you know that you're in right standing with God, you don't have any condemnation in your life. You know what that hap- what happens next? Is that gives you great peace. When you're established in righteousness, you will be far from oppression. And any time a person is oppressed, there's something missing. Why? Because there's fear 
instead of faith. And where there is no faith, there is no peace. You know that faith and peace go hand in hand? The scripture says, I had the Lord quote this to me as a scripture for the day on Monday. The scripture says, They which have believed do enter into rest. No faith, no rest. Faith is the door to rest. What do you believe in God for? What are, where is your what? Do you, what have you got your faith on? If you have your faith on something, perhaps a healing or some sort of a breakthrough financially, or a loved one coming into the family of God, if you truly have got your faith out for that, you must rest, because unrest will undermine your faith. I've never said that before. They which have believed. How many of you have believed? You have received. So between the amen of what you believe you have received and the manifestation, or here it is, oftentimes there's a gap. In that in-between time, You've got to guard your heart from worry and guard your heart from yielding to fear. They which have believed, now listen, they do enter into rest. But entering into rest does not necessarily mean that you will stay in rest. Are you listening? You may be in rest one day and the enemy come along and tempt you to get out of the realm of rest into the room of unrest. And that's why you've got to be sober and you've got to be alert because the enemy walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I know I'm preaching pretty good right now. Thank God. Thank God for the rest of God. You can rest while the wind is blowing. You can rest while your body's talking to you. You can rest while the bills are stacked up this high. Somebody says, you can? Yes, you can Now listen to this. If you choose to. You can if you will. You know what? I will to rest. There's a rest in God. Amen. Well, that was for all of us. But I know I'm preaching to the choir, but are you doing all right? So the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But it is righteousness, this right standing with God. I'm telling you, folks, it will have an effect on you. And righteousness is part of your inheritance. As a matter of fact, it's a gift. 
you are not going to be any more righteous in God's sight than you are right now. You may be more sanctified. You may be walking more in righteousness and walking more in holiness. But as far as God is concerned, Jesus was made sin for you who knew no sin that you might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Is that right? But this consciousness of right standing with God, like E.W. Kenyon says, gives you the privilege and the ability to stand in the presence of a holy God without a sense of guilt, inferiority, or fear, just like sin never existed before. And it will have a great effect on you. Look at Isaiah 32:17. Isaiah the 32nd chapter and notice with me in verse 17. Let this settle in your spirit. Don't let this be too easy for you tonight. Let these truths be more firmly grounded in you, rooted and established in the faith. Amen. Isaiah 32 and verse 17. Great verse of scripture. I think they probably already got it there. I'm not there yet. So let's look at it together, shall we? Ready, read. And the work of righteousness, what shall it be? So when righteousness is working in me, what is there? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and... Notice, righteousness and peace. The work of righteousness it will work in you peace. That's good news. But also, it will have an effect upon you. And the effect of righteousness shall be quietness and assurance forever. Whoo! Glory to God. Quietness and assurance. Isn't that rest? So when you believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ and it affects you in such a way that you're walking in peace, then you're resting in the Lord. You're resting in Him. Thank you, Lord. I would say it this way. Faith is a rest. Now, when you have this revelation of righteousness and you're full of peace, hey, there ought to be something else working in you. And what would that be? Joy. Woo, hallelujah. Joy. Everything's all right between me and the Lord. I'm full of peace. I'm full of rest. And you know what else? I'm full of joy. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I'm full of joy. And I've got the victory. I'm full of joy. And I've got the victory. I'm full of joy. And I got the victory right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Peter says it this way, though you haven't seen him, yet you believe. Maybe you haven't seen your healing yet, but how many of you still believe you've received? Maybe you haven't seen the manifestation of your home yet, but how many of you still believe you've received? Though you've seen Him not, yet you still love Him, yet you still believe with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I will say this. 
that we ought not to be waiting till Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night to be rejoicing. You ought to make it a habit to rejoice every day of your life. Amen? Sing that little song, Rejoice in the Lord Always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. I like that revelation. I believe that's helping all of us tonight. Look to John 17. What are you all laughing at down the front row? Ooh. No more chocolate for you. <laughs> John 17. Boy, she's going to be around her sisters next week. And Lynette Hagen, I'm, I'm, I'm praying. She's getting warmed up. And then she's going to be around Esther, and that, that could be a double whammy. Look at John 17, verse 13 through 17. So Jesus has separated you and I, transferred out of one into another. He has separated you and I from this world's failing system. Is the world world failing? I happened to look at my 403B the other day, and I said, Honey, we just lost $40,000. Ha, 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 ha! Glory! I don't care. And it's coming back up. Amen. See, most people would have a heart attack over that. But I don't have a care. Because my faith is not in this world's failing system. My faith is in God. Amen? How about yours? John 17, verses 13 through 17. And that wasn't, wasn't what I was stressed about Monday, by the way. I just don't have a care about that. All right. In verse 13, he says, Now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Say it with me. I'm not of this world system. And here's what Jesus prayed in verse 15. He said, I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. In other words, keep them from the evil that is in this world. Verse 16, they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. We're separated from this world's failing system. And verse 17 gives us a major key on what separates us. Verse 17 says, Sanctify them through religion. Sanctify them through thy truth. And then he goes on to say, Thy word is truth. Listen to this. To sanctify means to separate or to cut out from a, to cut out away from. And through this prayer and through this kingdom, we've been cut out, separated from this world's failing system. In closing, in Exodus, and I'll try to speed this up a little bit. 
because this is supposed to be 30 minutes of power. Just kidding. In Exodus, God told Moses to go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. If Pharaoh refused, there were some serious consequences. Is that right? Now let me just read it to you. In Exodus chapter 8, in verse 21 through 23, it says this, If thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon you and upon your servants and upon your people and your houses. And the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground whereon they are. And I will sever in that day. Everyone sever in that day. That's separation. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell. How many Goshenites we got here tonight? How many Kingdomites we got in this place? Hallelujah! And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end that thou mayest know that I am the Lord your God in the midst of the earth. Whoo! Glory to God. God's going to sever us from cyber attacks. God's going to sever us from earthquakes. There may be an earthquake or two, but I'm declaring the name of Jesus. No evil's going to befall you. Neither does any plague come nigh your dwelling. No weapon formed against your loved ones is going to prosper. I don't care what the devil does. God is greater than the devil. We're in a greater kingdom, and our Father is greater than all. Hallelujah. We've been severed. Amen. Then he says this, I'm going to put a division between my people and thy people. And he says, by the way, tomorrow this sign shall be. I looked up the word division. That's separation. The word division in the Hebrew is the same word as redemption. God is literally saying, I will put a deliverance, I will put a division I will put a redemption between my people and the world. It is literally a wall of redemption. Hallelujah. Can you see it? So he built a wall of redemption between the children of Israel and Egypt. The plagues that came upon Egypt did not touch God's children. Their cattle didn't die. Hail didn't touch them. There was light in the land of Goshen, but it was pitch dark among the Egyptians. Somebody says, well, how does that apply to us now? Christ has redeemed us. <laughs> We've got a wall of redemption. We've been redeemed We've been separated and cut out away from the curse of fear, sickness, lack, and debt. So I just dropped by to tell you tonight, start talking your redemption. Talk about your inheritance, because the more you talk it, amen, the more real it will get to you. Stand up, everybody. I think that's good enough for tonight. Hallelujah. Let's raise up our voice. Let's raise up our hand. Let's say some things tonight. Let's say some things according to the Word of God. Lord, I thank you. Just repeat this after me. Lord, I thank you that I have been redeemed.
And you said in your word, let the redeemed of the Lord, let them say so. So I'm saying it based on what you said. I believe your word. And I release my faith with the words of my mouth. I declare that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I am full of the peace of God. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. Say that again. I am a believer. And I'm not a doubter. I am a praiser. And I'm not a powder. I'm filled with the knowledge of your will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The eyes of my heart are continuously being flooded with light for the entrance of your word is giving me light. And Lord, in your light, I'm going to see more light. Thank you, Lord, that I'm in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not here or there. The kingdom of God is within me. And in this kingdom, I have great joy. I prophesy over my life. No more down days. No more sad days. No more depressed days. For the joy of the Lord, He is strengthening me. I am strengthened with mighty power by Your Holy Spirit in my inner man. Thank you, Master. You are good. You are good. You are good. And you never, ever will let me down. You are good. And you never, never, never let me down. You are good. You are good. You are good. And you never leave me. And you never forsake me. The hand of the Lord is upon me. The hand of the Lord is upon me. Therefore, I boldly and confidently say tonight that I am strong. You told me to be strong. I'm commanded to be strong. Therefore, I declare I am strong. I am strong in the Lord. I am strong in the Lord. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. His mighty power is working in me. For it is God who is all the while working in my life both to do and to will of His good pleasure. Put your hand over your heart and say, Give glory to yourself, Lord. Give glory to yourself, Lord. In me. Give glory to yourself. Through me. In my life. God is being glorified. And the works of God. The works of Jesus. And greater works. Are flowing through me. 
They're not only working in me and not only working for me, but supernatural strength, supernatural anointing, supernatural utterance, supernatural giftings of the Holy Ghost are flowing through me. I've got a river of life and it's flowing out of me. I am blessed in the city and I am blessed in the field. I am blessed and by the grace of God I will take this blessing and I will dispense good. I will dispense grace. I will dispense strength, health and healing to others. Hallelujah. And lastly, just say, I got a river of life and it's flowing through me. Well, did you get anything out of this tonight? Glory to God. That is the spirit of faith. There's no, there's no other way to live, guys. I mean, you can live another way, but it is a major bummer. All right? Let me pray with you as you go tonight. If you have a need in your life tonight, I'd love to pray with you afterwards. Father, thank you for these that have come tonight to be fed, to be encouraged in your word. We go from this place strengthened. We go from this place focused. We go from this place encouraged. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good night.